You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abrita. This is Murps. We have a very special guest on this week, one week delayed, so apologies to our guest. But he is a friend to the stream, uh, a tippy, tippy top mercenaries player, also a previous number one arena leaderboard player, also played constructed, just no life grinder, and esteemed member of Team Four Tales. Welcome oh. to the podcast, Team America, or PJ. Welcome, PJ. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be doing my first. Lightforge podcast. Yeah, and we were yeah. we were surprised this is your first Lightforge podcast. We uh, we started this a bit late because we didn't even realize you didn't know the the setup for the recording. Uh, so if you're uh, for the listeners uh, out there, we we've, we've known PJ for a long time, and like this is uh, we were playing Team Four Tails is our Fall Guys team, which is uh, Mia Murps, Team America, and Talon Dragon. And uh, if you ever see us play Fall Guys, that's usually the team that we have. Yep. Also, I like how chat picked up on this. I, I purposefully, as a joke, left out duels. And I was going to say it a little bit later. But yes, uh, if you guys are like, wait, I think I heard of this guy. Isn't he the number one and only duels player? Yes, he is. He, he's a person who grinded duels, uh, much like how you're doing now with mercenaries. With duels, PJ, you catapulted your way to the very top very early on. Uh, you held it for a long time, but unlike with Mercenaries, Duel died off uh, pretty quickly. You stayed with it. Uh, if nothing else, you showed that you are a very loyal and devoted, <laughs> you know, very skilled player, but very uh, stubbornly loyal and devoted player to these modes as well. Uh, but yes, if you think, wait, I, I, I've heard of PJ and I'm pretty sure I've heard of him in a Duel's perspective. Yes, you did. <sighs> All right, all right, PJ. So we're we're gonna start off your story, which is probably not exactly where it starts off, but we don't care about your constructed play. So we're gonna start off in arena. Um, you first got on our radar, like we first heard about you uh, when when you hit. I mean, you've been at the top of the leaderboards for a while, but then you hit number one on the leaderboard. Um, I forgot how many years ago it was, but uh, Team America definitely was a arena streamer and one of the top like top uh, ranked um, uh, arena players at the time. So, what did you like? Like, what drew you into arena, and uh, and then why why did you leave? Um, I mean, I've always. I, I played Hearthstone almost basically since it came out. I always enjoyed Arena a lot. I always just loved that. My deck was different every time, and I was playing against different decks. So I just really enjoyed that. I wanted to get into streaming, and I figured I'm not very good at like FPS games or things <laughs> that require a lot of mechanical skill. So I was going to stream Hearthstone. And I couldn't imagine myself streaming constructed for like six hours at a time every day. So I went with Arena. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it and played it a ton. And then all of a sudden, the um, there was that one meta in March of 2019 where I 2019. was able to average 
9.17 wins per run. It was it was actually insane because I was working full time at the time. Which which meta was March of 2019? I'm trying to mentally go back there. That was uh, right Rastakhan before a rotation. Rumble had just come out. Rastakhan's so, Rumble, okay. Rastakhan, yeah. So it was um, Scorcher and Warbear. Um, my first 20 runs, I played nothing but Warlock and Mage, which were the best <laughs> classes at the time. Mm-hmm. Nice. Then I had a massive drought, but yeah. Um, the class RNG definitely helped. Nice. Uh, I see CY Kai in our chat says the last one month season. That's right. Like a lot of changes happened to Arena right after that. Um, okay, great. So uh, not only were you a great Arena player, you've recently jumped back into the. I don't know. Have you been playing Arena this whole time while only streaming duels, like before the Mercs thing, or have you basically dropped Arena? Um, I mean, I I went a while without playing Arena, but duels was super stale the last two months. <laughs> So I actually played like yes, twenty just runs the last on stream. <laughs> okay, oh. super still by my definition, not mm-hmm. not the ninety nine percent definition. So, so um, for most of our listeners who I assume know nothing about duels since it launched in the first month, um, <laughs> duels has gotten apparently so bad that it lost the person that had been streaming it and playing it a ridiculous number of hours per week for an entire year. Like, that's apparently how bad it's gotten. Uh, so you've been playing Arena a bit recently. Uh, I, I guess I want to talk a little bit about, I'm just using this as a, a segue to talk a little bit about Arena, uh, because we are in now a new meta with uh, this new dual class event and the new Dead Mines like, cards coming in. Like, what's going on, PJ? What's going on in the Arena? Give us your take on it. I mean, honestly, I feel like for a casual player, it's not as bad as everyone says. It if you are competitive, it's pretty brutal because um there are, are a lot of there's I don't know, being what are the, I don't even know what the odds, but deeper an engineer being able to discover somewhere between one third and one half is yeah, what depending on your class. It is it is so high being able to discover the super twin tyrant mm-hmm. <laughs> um of So and once you discover it, it's seven mana, which yeah. is even worse. Which is yeah. worse. Yeah. yeah. It's awful. Um, like, it was played against me. I had a coil thing in hand, but I couldn't even play it because I was one turn behind. <laughs> so if, if you're listening to this and you hadn't uh, jumped into the arena, because if you jump into the arena, you've probably seen it played against you, at least, even if you didn't draft it. And you probably were like, what the hell is this card? Uh, why does this exist? Uh, the Super te- uh, Twin Tyrant, which is Sneeds, is a 8-mana eight 8-8 eight, eight mech with a battle cry. Deal 2 damage 5 times, and you get to select exactly where those 5 damage goes. But but only to minions, not to uh, to your opponent's minions, not to uh, not to face. Uh, still, um, in case you're wondering, the our, our tier list scores would put that in S, around where Ysera is. Like, a little bit below Ysera, but like they're both S-tier cards. Um, and the problem isn't that there's this ridiculous legendary that is Ysera, it's that Deep Run Engineer <laughs> has a very small discover pool as it normally does, and now there's no claw machine in there anymore, but you have Sneeds. And so everybody's kind of picked up on this very quickly because everybody's runs have ended because of it, and now everybody drops, drafts Deep Run Engineer very top, as you probably should, and if you ever get that right discover, you win the game. It almost doesn't matter what position you're 
pretty much. Yep. Uh, so look, um, I PJ, I think you make a good point. If you just like new things, and if you just want some craziness, which fits in with the dual class theme, right? There's a lot of craziness. Uh, the game wasn't meant to have dual classes, like from a design standpoint. So obviously the balance is going to be off. Uh, and if you just want that kind of craziness, you're certainly going to get it. Um, you just want to, like, I was going to say, if you just want to use your free ticket, but we don't have that this year either. <laughs> I'm just so used <laughs> to mentioning play free Mercs. tickets with this event. you got to play Mercs. Why are you playing Arena? Why are you playing uh, whatever That's these true. other game modes are? All, all Mercs. Uh, all Mercs. But um, I think you could have some fun. The problem is, if you are a listener of this podcast or are generally within the community, you're probably uh, more than just the most casual player. So I don't think you would love it. And of course, if you go to a community like Arena HS, uh, it's all pitchforks over there. And I understand, you know, a, a devoted community, which uh, feels maybe a little bit ignored and slighted in recent years, if not the entire existence uh, of the game mode. Um, feels really bad because this is really, really bad. I was watching Dred's stream, uh, and he said, um, I, I mean, look, we, we all know the man complains uh, a ton, but he was saying, like, seriously, he, he's like, I think this might be the worst meta we've ever had. And mm -hmm. I, I think there's a good argument yeah. to it, you know. We've been through some pretty bad metas, even, like, the the weird temporary metas like if you guys remember the the cavern dreamer meta oh right? god I love cavern dreamer is my favorite card of all time I, look i know pj that's because you are <laughs> disgusting okay you you are i mean this is this is a head. duels player this is the mentality of a duels player cavern dreamer good more cards like it <laughs> uh but um we have had very swinging metas we have had metas that people have been deemed toxic or unenjoyable and I think you have a good argument of saying mm -hmm. this is the most toxic, this is the most unenjoyable meta. Um, and, and it comes to down to kind of personal preference, but very good argument there. So that's sort of we, where we are at. Um, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, PJ, but like I, I think you are playing the game mode that is that, that's right right now. You know, like it is hot, <laughs> it is new. Um, it's just very different. I, I, was, I was telling people before, I was like, you know, even the per people who are saying mercenaries isn't exactly for me, which, you know, it it's not my cup of tea, but I'm like, it can't be viewed as anything other than a, than a success, you know? Like, I, I think it just appeals to, uh, uh, like, a group of uh, people who really like it, and if they like it, they really, really like it. Um, and, and, you know, you like it, Adelton likes it. But the thing is, if Adelton likes something, I'm already very skeptical of it. I played eight hours of mercenaries today. Oh my god, what? I'm gonna stream mercenaries after this. All no PvP. Mm-hmm. Oh I woke up, god. played mercenaries, went and got breakfast, came back, played mercenaries, went and ate dinner, came back, and, and now I'm I'm doing this instead of playing mercenaries. But right after PJ leaves, doing mercenaries. Okay, wait. PJ, can you okay. Can you just explain to me, in your opinion, what makes mercenaries kind of like enjoyable? Like, and what, what hooks someone like Adulta? Because to me, I can kind of see how it appeals. It doesn't exactly appeal to me, 
But I think some other people might be out there and just being like, I don't get it. So okay. try to I'm going to separate PJ's answer from me because I'm super casual despite this eight hour of playtime thing. I'm just, I'm just ramping up to it. And PJ's like on a totally different level with this. But go ahead, yes. PJ. He's actually good okay. at it. Well, so what's one thing that actually is really great about Mercenaries is it does provide like the different level of players, very different experiences that can still be enjoyable because like someone like Edwaka, he's just enjoying like doing his PVE grind, mm -hmm. the daily quests, getting, doing some tasks, doing some bounties, getting, getting that quick dopamine fix of completing something every day. Um, whereas me, I actually don't like the PVE at all. I only like the high level PVP, which, um, has a lot of decision making and complexity to it, and I just really enjoy that. So, so well, in the in the PvP, like at the very highest level of the PvP, what what are you seeing? What are the types of decisions that you're making? Because I think, like, I looked at the top two hundred, and like the bottom of the top two hundred is still in the seven hundreds rating. Uh, sorry, the seven thousands rating, and the top is like over one is like around one point one k. So there's a huge gap even within the top 200 and the the meta at that very top is something that i think most players because of their you know they haven't grinded enough or they're not good enough or probably a mix of the both they don't really have access to so tell us a bit about what the what the top pvp is right now and what kind of decision making is going into that um what kind of decision making so it's like you have to like you can there's a bunch of different comps that have different matchups that are either good or bad with each other um so like deciding which comp to play based on what you expect to see is one decision you're making but then in addition to that within each fight you're constantly you want to analyze what's on your opponent's bench and you have to make a decision as to whether you can kill off two of your opponent's minions or if you only want to kill off one at a time and leave certain ones alive so that they mm. can't like drop karen and diablo at the same time or something or so, you don't want to let them drop diablo right after karen slows you up. so right so, now after you see the comp after you see the first three mercenaries your opponent plays and the colors of your opponent's bench what percent chance do you like how how secure are you in your knowledge of what the other three mercenaries are are you like 75% right, 95% right? Like you really have no idea what's going on except like maybe one Merc? Like what's what's your accuracy on, on guessing? Like how stable is the meta basically? So like 95% of the time, the green and the red on the bench is going to be Karen and Diablo. Mm -hmm. But um, like I was actually going up against someone yesterday that built a comp that was just strictly counter meta mm. and he was not running Karen or Diablo, so... Um, wait, I had to, like, wait, the counter to Karen is not Karen? Um, well, so, he was playing... This person was playing a Beast start, and he was running two Blues and Gruel on the bench in order to counter Diablo. Um, okay, let, let me... What, what, what was his comp? I'm writing this okay, down so, because I don't have Diablo, and I don't really want to, to, to spend my coins on Diablo just yet. So it was, well, it was Rexar. I have Rexar. Mukla. 
I have Crush. I have Mukla. And then the bench, it well the bench, it can be Gruel. You need Gruel. I have Gruel. This specific comp. Uh -huh. um, this is looking good. You you either want Natalie Vol'jin or Andowin Velen, and it's either one of those. Okay, I have Natalie and I have Vol'jin. Great. This is my new comp. It's going to counter the very top meta, which I am not a part of. But um, <laughs> I mean, most good comps are going to be running Diablo. Um. And a lot of people are starting blue, so like the beast King Crush will basically wipe a board if you have blue blue heroes on it. Mm. Um, so okay, so what kind yeah. of so you talk about um, whether to kill one or two of their heroes uh, at a time? So do you oftentimes have the ability to kill two of their mercs if you like wanted to, or it, like because I don't know? I mean, I suck. And my comp sucks, and I'm not running meta comps, but I'm often only able to kill one at most in my in my first move. Well, the first turn you can't kill two, but usually on the second move forward, like you're gonna have the option to at times. I see. Okay, and if and so if you kill two at the same time, they get to bring two possibly synergistic ones, full yeah. health um, uh, mercs off the bench at once, whereas if you kill them one at a time, you kind of stagger them, and then you can always pick off one and maybe have them not act with uh, with speed or something. Correct, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that, those, like, decisions like that are a lot of the top meta, I would say. How much, right. uh, how much do colors uh, come into play? Um, in in the uh, well, I guess both in terms of how you're building your team and in terms of uh, what you're bringing off the bench. Is it is it strictly you bring off off the bench whichever minion has the color that counters with your opponent's current um, um, current comp, or is there like what goes on in your thought process in in doing that? Usually, you're almost always bringing Karen off the bench first, unless like. Maybe he has three blue down, and you don't want it to die instantly. But um, because most basically every comp, I I am not playing any of the comps that aren't running Karen Diablo typically. Mm -hmm. So um, unless like for some reason I can get a good Diablo move, I'm almost always bringing Karen off the bench first, unless. There's just like a certain circumstance, and I feel that it's better. But I would say most of the time it's just Karen. I want to get that slowdown, um, and just um, get going with that. All right. So PJ, look, you're playing at the very top. Uh, I was watching your streams, and I was seeing you have, especially at the beginning, like the first few days, where it was you and other grinders really just going at each other. Um, because a lot of the other play, like, you know, the rest of the player base weren't there yet. And, um, one of the best kind of most memorable ones, uh, that I saw you have was you had this like back and forth with Luna, right? You guys just like faced each other for quite a few games. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that, um, is, and I had a conversation with Adokta during the last podcast and we were having this discussion on kind of like the decision-making that is uh, kind of necessary for the tippy top level PvP. Um, I remember your kind of epic back and forth with Luna, uh, and it wasn't just one of you winning all the time. Uh, you guys kind of like switched victories here and there with small decisions. Now, 
can't really go into more of it because I didn't understand any of it. It was just kind of cool to see. And you were saying these things. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And I don't remember all of it. But um, can you explain to me sort of like, like, okay, bring me back. And however much detail you want to give kind of at that very high level, because when I first saw it, my question was, how deep can this go? But watching you and Luna, two very good players in many modes of Hearthstone, whether it's arena, duels, battlegrounds, constructed, etc. Both of you have proven that you're, you're very good at just Hearthstone in general. And then you're switching victories back and forth by making adjustments. So like... How did that happen? Because to me and to some other people at the very beginning, I'm just like, oh, you bring in your comp and like 90% of the work is done. It's your comp is your comp. And I saw both of you just making very subtle changes, actually changing kind of like uh, just small things in battle, you know, based on previous knowledge. And then the victory switched. So tell me like about the, the intricacies there. Well, so I honestly don't even remember what comps we were running at the time at all, but I do remember, like, I won the first fight, and I was like, okay, I got this matchup figured out, like, she can't beat me now. And then the next game, like, the first two turns, like, went exactly the same, and I was like, okay, I, like, I just assumed that I had the matchup solved. And then she did some, like, she targeted a different minion, and I was... Like, wait. I, 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 like, I keck waited. And all of a sudden, I lost. But then I was just like, okay, I just need to do, like, X differently next time. And it'll be fine. Because I just, I did everything the same as the first time. Like, which was something, it was actually the issue we were both having. Is the person that lost would make an adjustment, and the person that won wouldn't. Like, preemptively make an adjustment. And the person making the adjustment kept winning. Because, um... Like, basically, we were learning that, like, oh, we could, like, target something else turn one, and that's actually better. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, was, it was super interesting. Like, eventually, a lot of the matchups will get solved, but there's also more matchups. Like, there's more comps to be discovered, so. So right yeah. now, do you think that of the, how many popular comps would you say are, are at the very top? Um, I mean, I'd say there is a decent amount of variance. Like, there is, like, the top... There is... I would say, like, there is, like, the two top comps, which is Shadow Comp and then the comp that I got number one with, um, with, like, one rotational slot that sometimes mm -hmm. people will do. Um, and, but, like, outside of that, there's, like, a ton of, like, tier two comps that... And what's the comp that you ran? Um, so the comp that I got number one with was, um, Tavish, Jaina, Varden, um, and then Karen, Diablo, Rag. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so freeze comp. Yeah. Okay. So between the top two comps, do you think the, uh, do you think the, the play, like if you are taking your old comp, um, and you are matched up with uh, the uh, the the other comp, the, the shadow comp. Do you think that at this point in the meta development, that that matchup has been solved yet, or not? It's um, 
So basically what happens is they kill my Vard in turn one and it freezes something and the matchup changes based on what's it what it freezes. Mm. If it freezes Natalie, I have it pretty solved and I'm confident. I still don't actually know what's best if it freezes the other two. I'm still working on that. Okay. So it, it and, and you've played about how many games with this comp, would you say? Would you estimate? Like oh my how many gosh. I I don't even know. Um <laughs> like hundreds. Like, hundreds not 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 thousand yet i i don't know i don't think i've hit a thousand a okay. thousand is a lot <laughs> yes especially because it takes five minutes to queue into someone yeah. <laughs> okay so the, the the time scale of of uh of team america like you know top uh top pvp mercs player not yet solving a matchup that he sees quite frequently i assume because it is you know one of the yeah. the, the top comps in uh in nearly a thousand matches a few hundred matches um it, it shows quite a bit of uh of death in this game mode in terms of uh the variations that can happen so even if it does eventually get solved there's at least this this ramp up to solving the game that actually takes quite a bit of time i think that's a little bit surprising for someone like me and the more I think about it, though, the more I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't exactly be surprised. And PJ, I was going to ask you, because we talk about Pokemon sometimes, and I know, you know, one of the games that you also played quite a lot of uh, was Pokemon Unite. But I'm curious, uh, did you actually play Pokemon competitively at all? I'm not saying, like, you know, no, enter into I, BGC I or anything. I, you never did. Okay. Because no. we were making this analogy last week on how deep Pokemon was, even though some people who play, you know, like, the main games are like, what are you talking about? This is, like, the simplest game ever. But when you dig into competitive Pokemon, you're like, holy shit, this is, like, a super deep game in which people... You know, uh, I mean, it's the most popular franchise, right? Like, uh, and pe some people play the video games, some people play it competitively, and there are still surprises to be had. So um, I, I wanted to do a comparison there. But if you are not worthy enough... to, but, like, I didn't, like, I don't, there weren't that many events near me. Like, I think I remember seeing one, like, the entire time that I was really into it. So Ah, I don't... okay. All right. But yeah, but, like, um, I knew I knew every move from Gen One, its power and accuracy. Like I I had it all memorized. Okay, I, well I was pretty into it, but not I didn't actually compete against people. I like how we're talking about Gen One because that was by far the most broken one. <laughs> like you know what I mean? If you memorized all of that, then you know stuff like stupid Razor Leaf, uh, you know, like Slash and their critical hit rates. But anyways, look, we 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 are. Talking about mercenaries, we're not talking about Pokemon. That would be for a, a, another week. Okay. Wait, Slash was one of the top moves in the original Pokemon? Yes. So I'm not going to explain this, but uh, through the broken mechanics of the game, um, there were moves uh, like Slash and Razor Leaf, which basically almost always critted. Oh, okay. And critical hits in the base, or, you know, in the OG, you know, red-blue games were good, not just because they dealt double damage, but because crits back uh, ignored stat e buffs. buffs. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. mm, they ignored okay. uh, ch stat changes. So if they're, you know, they were doing shenanigans or, or whatnot, um, it didn't it, matter. It would mess them up. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So... Uh, moves that always crit uh, and also 
Prince were tied with speed, but once again, we don't have to talk about that. Don't go with me into talking okay, more. Okay, okay. No Pokemon. Back to Mercs. Refocus on Mercs. All right. We talked a lot about top-level Mercs, um, and I think a lot of people are trying to play at the top level or imitating the top level, even though they're much lower uh, on, on the ratings. Um, I haven't really explored PvP much now. In fact, when I'm trying to play PvP, I try my best to face up against a bot, and I try to manipulate my team so that I do not face against a human player, because uh, I don't think I'm ready to face a human player. They've been terrible experiences where either I steamroll them or they steamroll me, and we're uh, just, just not at that level, right? So as I'm... And I think there's a lot of people who are listening who are, you know, maybe not exactly where I am, but they're in the same position where they don't really have all the mercs or their mercs aren't fully leveled up. They're not able to run exact meta comps, but they, they get close enough there. Like maybe they'll use a Varden instead of a Diablo or a Cairn or something, um, but they kind of get the same uh, gist of things. And, and people around this, is I would call it around the, the, the 6K rating, because I think you can use bots to get over 6K, not in a very difficult way. Like, if you just keep not running level 30s, and you just, you're going to keep being matched up against bots, and you can beat them very easily, and you'll get to 6K. So around the 6K meta, um, and, and it's actually quite, quite close, because by, by 8K, you're already in the top 150. So between 6K and 8K lies... Facing bots and top 150 in North America. So in this zone, I feel like is where most players are. Like, what would your advice be to, uh, you know, either improving your actual gameplay or or being like or being able to? Uh, let's split it up first. Let's talk first about gameplay. What would you do to improve your gameplay and or comp? And then we could talk about grinding afterwards and see if there are any tips. Um. So. Imp- Improving the comp first, you said, or uh, you okay, said whichever one gameplay, you wanna. Gameplay. Yeah, okay. I, I wanna yeah, do the I'm gameplay sorry. first, but you could talk yeah, about gameplay. the okay. grind. So, of well, first. gameplay. If you have Karen and Diablo, mm-hmm. most games come down to who gets their Karen and Diablo off better, um, and setting up for the end game there. So, um, like you, you generally want to have a situation where your Karen is either going where you're dropping them both both at the same time and your Karen will endurance are right away so that your Diablo gets a good fire stomp off. Or what you want to do is you want to earth stomp and have one of your minions die that turn so that you can then bring in Diablo while the other team is all slowed down. Um, so setting that up um, in the end of the game is one of the most important things to be getting better at. So okay. it was actually really funny because how there was this issue where people were leaving games too early before, and you wouldn't get rewards unless three mercenaries were dead. Mm-hmm. And people were saying that this was a huge issue, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Nobody ever leaves any of my games until, like, four mercenaries are dead at least. But, like... um and and that's because that was because at the top people understand that the matchups come down to Karen Diablo. Mm. It's not about losing Mercs in the beginning. So with Karen and Diablo, the catch up mechanic is so good that the games are really just not decided until the person sets up the Karen and Diablo, uh, yeah. and and that can swing a game back like even like two Mercs. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's a that's a good uh, comeback feature. It's kind of. 
kind of bad that it's only in in two or you know yeah. <laughs> mercs, but at least it's a good comeback mechanism to have in the game, and they can maybe expand on that. Um, so if I am facing Cairn, does that mean that if Cairn Earth stomps, like or like I guess Cairn just comes in and I know he's going to Earth stomp because that's what Cairns do. Um, do I purposefully not kill something? So that they don't get Diablo in the next turn? So you would want to try to set up so that, like, you would make everything weaker so that you can, like, full wipe the next turn. Um, I see, okay. Potentially. It would be, like, the ideal move, or... Um... Okay, so the ideal move is that after you pick off one of their mercs, you are no longer worried about killing more mercs. You are worried about setting up everything so that you can kill everything in one go, and then they only have two mercs come in, and then you're in this, like, ridiculous... Ideally, loop. yes, but there are also comps where, like... Like, if they have an Anduin, it's like, you need to kill that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, have, I have died many times to Anduin. So, um... But yeah, typically, I, I would say that that... A lot that that is a win condition essentially what you described okay um, that's that's some good a any other any other tips for this mid-range um kind of uh play that's kind of on the basic side but it's just such a different game mode from you know anything in hearthstone that i feel like all the advice would be you know brand new right yeah um yeah i mean you just I don't know if there's anything. You just have to pay attention to speed. Um, like, the rest of the advice, I would say, is more comp-based than gameplay-based. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right. So, like, moving uh, back into the, the setup side, then, for, for players building their collection, what do you think is the most efficient way to, like, get a comp up to the levels that it would be competitive in PvP? Um, I mean, well, so... You're just going to focus on the common heroes if you want to get a comp up and going because you can make a pretty good comp with you only need like one or two rare or epic heroes so like your zarela samaru varden is just like it's a really good start and like i i actually still run that sometimes it, it was like my backup comp for a long time if um I was queuing into the same person that was countering my Tavish start. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Zarela Samaru Varden is really strong. <clears throat> and then on the bench, like, you, you want Diablo Cairn something, but if you can't get that, there are other good minions you can run. There's, um, like, like Gruul is just, like, anti-Diablo. Um, it's not great, but it's, it's not suit, like... You have to be skilled to play around it, typically. Um, so at the lower levels, it's going to be better. Also, um, like, also, Kurtris is pretty anti-Diablo. Kurtris, if it's Kurtris against Cairn and Diablo, the Kurtris wins mm -hmm. in a two versus one. Um, because he can make himself immune every other turn. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um... What else? But yeah, and like when it comes to farming, when you're farming tasks, I just do normal Bane Hollow, which is the second world, the last map in it. Um, and so there's two different comps you can go to do quick PV. It, the one I use is Ragnaros, um, Aaron Geddon. Mm -hmm. It's really good. 
if you don't have, I mean, there's also, um, I don't actually know of a cheap, I mean, you can use Zarela Samaru on a lot of the levels as well. It, yeah, it's just a couple of extra it. clicks. Yeah, um, but yeah, like, you generally, like, I think Ragnaros Baron is the best. Some people also use um, Velen and Anduin, but that usually takes an extra turn. Um, and like and you you're, farming, like you're farming you're farming 2-2, uh like uh, Fellwood 2, uh normal, just no. for the tasks. I do or Fellwood 6. Sorry, two, Fellwood six. 6. Okay, 2-6. Six. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah, that's what I've been doing most of the day with uh, with Baron and uh, and Rag. Um but I had also like at the start of today, my Baron and Rag weren't even level 30. So I was just trying to test out some of the farming strats. Um that one does seem overly effective. Like yeah, it, that one feels really like Baron's going to get nerfed. <laughs> um, uh, regardless of PvP or not, that's just that's way more AOE damage than you can get anywhere else. Yeah, I, I they seem. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll get into it eventually. I don't know. I don't think they'll ever nerf anything for PvE. Almost like really. Yo, okay. Let's let's get into that right now because okay. So like Mer Mercs is going to develop. Blizzard hasn't really done much right now. They're they've announced that they're going to fix the. Uh, uh, the Cairn, um, the, the Cairn equipment, so that when Cairn revives, he doesn't complete his action, which is more of a bug fix than a nerf, even though it does nerf the character. So you think that they're not going to nerf things going forward, or that they're just not going to nerf stuff for PVE, and that there will be separate PVP and PVE abilities? Well, no, I like I if they nerf an ability, I think it would be because it's problematic in PVE. Or in PvP. Oh, I see. Okay, I, I then... don't think that they will nerf something because it's problematic in PvE. I don't think that they would consider that an issue necessarily. Okay. Um, I see. Okay, yeah. So so that they're going to do balance changes off PvP rather than PvE. Um, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, for PvE, it's kind of like they're, everyone's going to find the most efficient way to farm anyway. Um, so for PvP, what do you think about... What do you think the future holds? Like... Do you think Blizzard's going to nerf things? What things are targeted for nerfs? Do you think they're going to focus on buffing other things rather than nerfing down something? Like, what's what's the solution to the Karen Diablo problem? Um, I honestly, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, because from the sounds of it, they, are, they really don't want to nerf things. Um, but, like... So it's like Samaru, I would say that he's I would, he's very, very strong. Um, he's not broken, but the issue with Samaru is that winning a 50-50 in a Samaru mirror is so massive at times. Um, and then... And it, then it also goes, like, a lot of matchups sometimes come down to, like, a 50-50 between two Cairns that whoever gets their Endurance are off first. The Diablo does, like, three extra Fire Stomps, which, mm -hmm. um, I, it's, it's very frustrating, and I don't know what they can do when it comes to balance in that sense, but I would say, like, if if a character gets nerfed, I would say it's Karen. I don't know how much the resurrect. The resurrect might actually be enough for Karen, but um, the resurrect change. But Samaru, it's just like being able to kill someone before they act, which Samaru can do if you start a blue. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's just so bad because typically the character will also have four speed, so it's like whoever acts first. Like if 
the character can act first, they won't die a lot of the time. So, uh, it, it feels so bad, um, which I, th- I think that's the biggest balance problem right now, is Samaru. Um, it's Samaru rather than K- uh, Karen, necessarily? Well, it's because of how it decides the game mm-hmm. with the 50-50 split on turn one. Like, there are matchups that literally get decided turn one because of how Samaru works. Um, which I think is very bad. Yeah, so like you a, mentioned a, a that. A 50-50 late in the game, I it's annoying, but it's not as bad, I feel. Okay. And is there any way that you can uh, that like you think of or that you uh you would recommend that Blizzard get away from the 50-50 problem or do you think that this is just going to be a part of uh of Merc's PVP? The only thing I could see is that you have more than like 10 speeds or something and like you would go to like 100 speed or something so that things are more varied, but I don't know. I I, yeah. I honestly don't know. I mean even it's then like, like Karen be Karen is still Karen be Karen, right? Yeah. So um but it's like just at the moment there's a lot of ties mm-hmm. and also just the balancing of that would be more difficult as well. So I don't I I don't know how you fix it. But um, it's just like some of the characters being able to dish out so much damage so quickly, like Samaru being able to attack twice and the crits doing double damage. Um, like some people say that crits shouldn't do double damage and maybe that would help the issue mm-hmm. of it, of being able to do like 60 damage turn one with your minion. Um, it's a lot, so... Yeah, I just think that's like the kinds of things that they need to be looking at when it comes to the future balance. Okay, so what do you think is is uh, not necessarily going to happen? But what would you, what would you want to see happen? Let's say it is now twenty twenty two. We're in November twenty twenty two. Mercs has been around for a year. Blizzard clearly put a lot of effort into this game mode, and uh, presumably they're going to keep it up. It's uh, it's gotten. Uh, already more success than than duels. Uh, not the level of success Battlegrounds had, but I think it hit that nice middle point between the runaway success that is Battlegrounds and the oh no, what have we gotten ourselves into that is duels? Uh, what 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 would you hope for the game mode to be a year from now? Um, on I, I guess mostly from a, a PvP side, but we could talk about uh, PVE as well. Um, well, so what I hope is that. Like, throughout the year, we have a meta that is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of new characters would be nice. One thing, when it comes to new characters, is some sort of mechanic where we can play the character the day it comes out or something. Or, like, the next day. Instead of having to put, like, 15 hours into this character. But wait, but there before. is. It's called putting money into the character. You still have to... Okay, it's so inefficient to buy packs for new characters. No, but you can't, wait, you can't buy Edwin? You can buy Edwin. Well, you can buy Edwin. No, I'm saying you can get the character, uh-huh. but you can't play with the character at the top of the meta. I see, because you don't have enough coins. maxed out. Uh, yeah. okay, You okay. can't get coins fast enough. Okay. Um... So, like, some mechanic where I can, like, inefficiently take all of my extra coins from my other characters. Like, even if it's at 10 to 1, mm-hmm. I would love to turn my 4,000 Brucon coins into 400 cookie coins or something. 
What is uh what's the normal crafting in dust for for the normal game from a normal card to uh to a legendary? That's 16, right? Hold on. Uh 2 4 No, that's 8. It's an 8 to 1 ratio, I think. Um, I'll trust you. Uh, or, or rather, it's an 8 to 1 ratio to craft. And when you dust, you get... I don't know what you get. You obviously don't get 1 to 1 for dusting. So I think it may be a 1 to 16 ratio. From okay. dusting normal cards to getting a legendary. Okay. I mean, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, just, I just want something to help me do this slightly faster. Um, because it's, it's really slow. At the moment, I feel. I don't, it's, just, it's just like, it's 15 hours of work to play a new character. And yep. It's like, how am I supposed to get hyped about something day one when it's like, okay, guys, I got it. We'll get to see, like, and then it's like, I have to stream content that day. And then it's like, in my off time, it's like, okay, time to farm this character. But, but is farming characters not exciting enough to stream? It's the I core mean, I, gameplay I, I, loop I, of I, the I, PvE I, game. I do some, but yeah, it's just the same thing over and over again. Oh. It's it's like Diablo 2, just the same thing over and over again. It is nothing like <laughs> Diablo 2. Yeah, the yeah. rewards are so much better than Diablo 2. No, the, the rewards, rewards are a lot much... more consistent. <laughs> That's the true. worst thing about it. They're so consistent compared to <laughs> Diablo 2. Like, why why would I ever want that consistency, right? If they randomized it a lot more, maybe I would consider it. That's the thing. That that's gotcha. really the problem. So it's like you get you get nothing for like two hundred runs, but then all of a sudden you get uh, like two thousand runs. Hello, <laughs> more like two thousand, and then okay. we can talk. But you are on the right track, PJ. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then you get a randomized stat boost. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Although, you can you look. can only get ten max stat boosts, and if you don't get the ones that you want, you would have to hit the reset button and start over. Yeah. All right, uh, so PJ, one thing that was interesting um, that you guys talked about was, would you like to potentially see more customization? So look, I, I don't want to make this all about Pokemon, but I'm going to make this uh, another thing about Pokemon. But um, for example, in Pokemon, uh, which let's face it, you know, the, the battle mechanics are, uh, have some similarities to mercenaries, right? Um, we, we talked about these speed ties and everything. So a couple of ways that Pokemon uh, uses to kind of break out of the speed tie scenarios is Pokemon has uh, EVs and IVs. And essentially what you can do uh, with effort values is you can basically tailor the Pokemon to your liking. You have a certain amount of points that you can use in order to put as much as you want into speed or put as little as you want into speed. Um, and then, you know, you can put as much into defense. And, and then you can sort of like calculate and predict the meta and put these points into wherever you want such that for example it's like oh i don't want to lose to this like very meta move in one shot so i'll put just enough defense or special defense in order to prevent it for speeds i want to be able to beat this meta build so i'll put that much in would you want that level of customization or something like that in mercenaries or do you think that like the simplicity of it is something that is like very necessary and and, and probably something that we should keep um i definitely think that evs is too complicated but yeah i wouldn't so want something like customization that i think would be cool um, i think there is room for that like even like 
or like being able to have like different move sets that actually compete with each other potentially. Yeah, I I think that there is room for that. Yeah, that would be nice. And you could tell Blizzard's going to do something along some yeah, of these lines so, because yeah. it's level yeah, like, thirty it's right not now. A finished product. Yeah, like they they what's WoW? WoW started at what level sixty as their cap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they start at. 60. Yeah, so we're half the level cap of where WoW started at, which means that Blizzard thinks that there's half the amount of complexity, like, content. Not just adding more mercs, that's horizontal, but going vertical and adding more depth into the game. So the game is about 50% deep to what their initial build is. And they're just, I don't know how long it's going to take them to get there. But um, well, Wait, why are we comparing this to WoW just by levels? I don't understand. Because that's how Blizzard does it. What? Blizzard thinks in terms of WoW because this is Hearthstone, which is a uh, which is a Warcraft property. And so when Blizzard designs these games, they come up with a level system, but they're thinking of sixty as the bar. That's why uh, your your heroes in Hearthstone level to sixty as well. Like in in the regular uh, like game, you you keep leveling them. In the base oh. of Diablo three, was it also sixty? It was. Oh my god. What? <laughs> Blizzard likes wait. their 60. I don't know. Wait. Wait, this is like a huge keck weight moment. What? <laughs> wait a second. What the hell? It's game design. They want to keep things so that you're familiar with everything. And it's a way of internally organizing their thing. So even though, you know, they didn't announce anything, right? But you can kind of see where they're going for. Like, this is how unfinished of a product Mercs is as far as the depth of the game. Right. That's why we look at it right now. and We're like, OK, there's the bones here for a potentially like, you know, long term engaging PvP play. But if they don't do anything to it right now, like, I don't know, I think the PvP is going to be pretty limited pretty soon, which is I think Blizzard believes that as well. So that's why Blizzard already has plans to expand the depth of this game. They just haven't told us yet and we don't know when they're going to add it. But they definitely have already plans on the drawing board that have been approved more or less. Like, I strongly believe that. All right. This is interesting. Yeah. I, uh, my, my eyes have been, have been opened. I am no longer, you know, part of the sheeple who, like, have, <laughs> have never seen this, uh, this secret Illuminati strat. Okay. All right. I can see it now. I can see it. Yeah. Uh, I, I am curious like, when it's going to happen, though. Like, this could happen, yeah. like, two years from now. Um, but hopefully it happens, like, less than one year from now. The first step, at least. You're raising it to level 40. Yeah, like, I, this is something that we definitely tried to emphasize last week as well. Whatever issues or stuff that needs to be smoothed out with mercs, um, we can just look at, like, a lot of these game modes and the issues that they had at the very, very beginning. Like, I, you know, we can, we can look at Battlegrounds and be like, oh, it's such a huge success right now. Um, you know, so many people play it. We understand that it is a deep, rich game. But when it came out, if you guys remember how slow it was just to drop cards onto the board, like mm -hmm. it was so slow. And then they sped it up. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, the poison, it took forever. All the animations. Oh, I forgot about poison. Oh, God. Yeah. All the animations actually just took forever to do. Um, I, I mean, there were also just like tons and tons of issues with uh, with the balance, right? We could talk about it being an un uncomplex game, and then you have Crip memeing that like 
it was always correct to take a tier two Amalgadon, no matter what turn it was. And there's a lot of truth to it. It's like you always took tier two amount like not amalgadon sorry amalgums mm -hmm. uh yeah tier two amalgums because they were so good because you could always poison it because you could always divine um, uh divine shield it right so he was like yeah you always take it like no matter what turn it was so yeah like we're right now talking about it's like oh freaking cairn it's like and samoro is a little bit too powerful it's like well you also had this like tier two unit that literally was just overwhelming the meta and of course you know we can talk about cobalt guardians and everything but amalgums were the og like the very first broken didn't make sense it made mm -hmm. the game kind of like unfun kind of thing so um if you're playing mercenaries and you're like oh i'm a little bit worried bgs was right there okay um this is worse like, though in bgs you had seven spots on your board of which six of them would be filled and one of them is an amalgam yeah, at least five of them were like amalgams. <laughs> okay, I was not as good as you. I could two. not get five no, amalgams onto my board. They, they were tier two, but they were tier two. Five, five was not going to happen, but you could you could get three on your board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could definitely you could definitely get uh well you could golden like two of them right, and then you can just get like two more, but not triple. So you can get like four on your board or whatever, and then you can get like another. I, okay, I don't think I've ever had three amalgams on my board at once. You didn't play at the very beginning. I did not play at the I, very beginning, uh, but I played did, before there was like I played when there was amalgam still in the game. I mean, getting getting a golden and just two amalgams was not that hard. Yeah, with yeah. three. Yeah, mm. getting, getting four like Murph's talking about getting four on the board. I like to me that that sounds unrealistic, but getting three was not unrealistic. Okay. Yeah, I don't so, even think well, I ever got three. <laughs> um. There were some real, real issues with BGs at the very beginning. So mm -hmm. I would not, um, I would not exactly worry. And in fact, I think Mercenaries is in a pretty decent spot. Like just watching it. Look, I don't play it, but and PJ, sometimes I lurk and watch it in your stream. I don't understand shit. Okay. I don't understand any of it. Uh, but it does seem like, uh, it has a healthy kind of viewer base. Um, your stream has been growing, right? Yeah. Uh, been happy for your success. Um, and it seems like people are very curious and uh, they, you know, want to learn. And that's exactly what you want to see. And that's just like something, you know, if we're going to contrast kind of like huh, duels versus here, there does seem to be less frustration over this mode than there was in duels and just more curiosity. Um, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong about this because <laughs> you've been right, you know, at, at, like... You've been spearheading at the forefront of both of these movements. Um, but to me, it, it definitely seems like there's uh, kind of more interest in mercenaries and it, in a more like, hey, I'm enjoying this kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I actually think that, like, I feel like a lot of the interest of mercenaries might not even be the people that are like on Twitch because like my stream has grown a decent amount, but like even duels like Tyler and Zelay were both streaming at it and board control, um, and like their viewership was fine when they were doing it. So um, I don't know. I think well, I'm always going to defend duels. People people <laughs> pooped on that mode way too much, um, especially at the beginning. Um, like, it was never going to be a balanced mode, and if you expected balance, you were 
playing the wrong mode. Um, I, I think I that know. was a big thing where, like, I think it was very easy to recognize in the beginning that it was not ever going to be balanced. And then people just didn't want to play in super unbalanced mode. Like, they, they weren't willing to accept that. Right. So people were playing duels either thinking that, well, Blizzard made this product. They've already promised to balance it. That means they're going to balance it. Or they realized that Blizzard was never going to balance it. It was like, well, I'm not going to play something that's not going to be balanced. And that the group of people that like wanted to play duels and was totally okay with it never being able to be balanced was uh, much smaller than I think what Blizzard had anticipated. Um, yeah. I don't know. There were. There are so, there were so many opportunities to outplay your opponents, though. Though I don't know, um, it always frustrated me a little at how much people would complain about it. Because like it was, there were a lot of opportunities, and it, the turns were so complicated. Like I never rope, and in duels, I like I would boomer sometimes because like you have to play like fifteen cards in a turn, and it's like. And the cards you're generating are changing, but like you would still have the chance to win. So I don't know. I I I thought it created a lot of fun moments, but I also thought Artifact was a fun game. So take my. Oh, <laughs> EJ just oh. loving that that complexity. Yeah. Oh, any game devs <laughs> out there? Like you got to be real worried if PJ likes your <laughs> game. Okay, <laughs> that is. That is the kiss of death right there. You, you let PJ test it, and you're like, do you like this? And they're like all crossing their fingers like, please hate it, please hate it, please hate it. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, in all seriousness, so uh, PJ, I, I think you bring up a good point about duels as in, um, I, I agree with everything that you say, as in um, it could have been really, really good. And I think it was, okay, so if you just take it, by itself if it's kind of like if you look at it from the outside and, and and you look at it, you're like wow great idea as long as they you know kind of upkeep it um yeah. very ambitious and honestly should be lots of fun and if you look at what made it like sort of not work it's a lot of kind of frustrating factors from players that i want to contrast it with mercenaries because i think that they fixed if not at least somewhat address some of these issues so one of the problems with um duels was that it was such a steep learning curve right you had to like know all of this stuff and if you didn't know it you were thrown right in there facing people who probably did know it. one of the good things about mercenaries is you know for example if you are doing pvp there is a uh and and i know there was mmr in there but like one of the problems with duels is like not enough people played so you were facing players like you were telling me when you were in duels you were facing player much lower mmr than you Right, yeah, like, that the rating was a very small part of yeah. matchmaking. Yeah, it was a very small part. And I think that made people feel bad about duels as well. The fact that, you know, they could be a pretty casual duel player and face someone really good, or someone who is like a slightly above average player could be facing you in duels, right? And but then, you're also you're you were also paying like an arena run. So it's like yeah, you don't mm -hmm. want it to be strictly based on rating because then you don't get as much reward. Right. And that was one of the things that also made it's like, you know, you were putting like a ticket on the line, you're putting money on the line sometimes. Um, and you're like, oh, I got to know this. I got I got to know like what these treasures do. And then I want to be able to hit the good treasures. 
And then, you know, I'm facing these no-lifers, like, stupid Team America, who's gonna, like, crush me because, like, he's been playing this nonstop, and he knows all of this stuff. Um, it just created this situation, whereas I think for Mercenaries, one thing that they did very well was, okay, um, you wanna have fun? Here, here's a lot of PvE content, right? Tons of uh, PvE content. And um, even in PvPs, you're just facing and bots. even in PvP. You're yeah. facing bots, right? Or you're facing people who are like, oh, shucks, you know, I'm going to get my two hours of weekend mercenaries in. And, uh, you know, I, I want to face a guy at the very end. Well, you're facing another person. You're facing, like, you know, that dad who's, like, kind of uh, in between changing diapers. And it's like, oh, let me get a Mercs kind of, like, uh, PvP match in. And okay, just I will say that that's not what usually happens. Like, having been <laughs> matched up with people on my way from zero to, I think I'm at, like, 5.2k right now. Uh, and every now and then, I, like, fail to match up with a bot and I match up with a real human being. They all have Karen and Diablo. They're all running, like, you know, Sumero starts or, like, Fire Comp or Beast Comp. Like, they're running real comps that you see in some parts of the meta, right? They're not running necessarily the absolute top, like, comps. But they're not... Like, these are not super casual people. I always have a more casual comp than people I'm facing. Like, they're just... People don't go into PvP uh, without without someone meta comps. I think someone did an analysis where they dropped their MMR rating to 6k just to see what, they would, what matchups they get. And then they did 40 straight matches. Every single match had Karen and Diablo at 6k. Because that's, you know, those are the meta. Like, they're legendaries. You have to, like, grind enough coins to be able to get them if you don't luck into them. But that's the meta. And when you play PvP, that's what it is. So I think Blizzard tried their best to make a nice experience. And it is a nicer experience in PvP for, like, casuals like, like me and other people. But when you're facing a real person, you can't get away from it. You can't get away from, from the, uh, the ridiculous meta that is, uh, is tryhards, pay to win, you know, all this stuff grinding but yeah and, and back to our point at least you didn't uh waste a ticket though yes right? exactly yes yep mm -hmm. like if i lost like 100 rating i'm like whatever i'll just grind two more bots and be back where i was yeah so at least you didn't lose a ticket over that and um uh, so that's why i think i'm like you know what really smart and if you are you know just like the game mode but, you know, you're kind of busy and let's say, you know, you're doing some chores, but, you, you know, you still want that that dopamine hit. You just do some mindless uh, PVE sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, just to like um, further your, your characters and your heroes um, and you feel good, right? Like, that's pretty good. You had none of that in uh, duels. You were kind of like, all right, you were in it or you were mm -hmm. out. Like, you were either all in or you weren't. And, and then if you, you, you have out, none of that anywhere else in Hearthstone. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have casual mode in, in Constructed, but, like, not in Arena, not in Battlegrounds. Like, so for the people who play Arena, Duels, Battlegrounds, and, you know, maybe even Constructed, like, this Mercs ecosystem is, it's very synergistic with what the, all the other stuff Blizzard has put out before. It's not competing with the other stuff. It, unless you're a streamer and you can only stream one thing at a time, right? Um, it's, it's actually just working in conjunction with it. Like, I don't expect to see a ton of, like, oh, I just play Mercs. They probably play another Hearthstone game mode and Mercs. Yep. Um, when Blizzard said that they wanted to make Hearthstone not a game, but a game hub, they're doing it now. Like, mm -hmm. I see it. I definitely see it. All right. So, 
What about duels, PJ? Team America, what about duels? What about the future of duels? I'm sure there's one person listening to us who, you know, still has fond memory of duels and no longer plays, but may consider going back. What, what do you think is going to happen to duels and what kind of future do you expect for it? Is it just like, like you, the most prominent duel streamer, is no longer streaming duels? Um, it, what's, what's the future for this game mode, you think? Like, what would um, you do to it if you were Blizzard? Like, you clearly I mean, still not, love it. I'm not super optimistic about the future of Duel. The, like, one of the big... It needed more upkeep than it got. It mm -hmm. needed more content updates. It needed to not have as many bugs that persisted for months at a time. Like, I don't know if you guys know what Quoldalar is, but I don't think there's a single person that works at Blizzard that could tell me how it works. Um... Because sometimes you beat someone with Quoldalar and it goes in your deck. Sometimes they beat you and it goes in your deck. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, wait, what? Wait, what, what, what is this random. treasure? What is? Yeah, wait. Can, can you <laughs> just describe to explain it. it to us? What? what? Like, well, so Quoldalar is this incredibly powerful sword. It was like it was. You had to combine two lesser treasures, so you had oh. to get the hilt and the blade mm -hmm. of Quoldalar to assemble Quoldalar, which was a Six mana, four, four weapon that when you attack does four damage to all enemies. Mm -hmm. Incredibly powerful, like absurdly powerful. But also, it doesn't say this on a card, you would draw it at the start of every game, which I also thought they should always nerf. But, um, so you have this card in your hand that is super powerful. And it's supposed to be that if you beat someone with it, it gets added to your deck. Wait, what gets added to your deck? Like, you get the treasure added to your deck. If, Wait, what? If you beat Wait, that someone wasn't written who anywhere. has this. Oh, I see. It was like a secret interaction with it. Okay. Wait, wait, so do, wait, do they lose it? They don't lose it. But oh, but you, you, get, you get, it. get it. But that doesn't always work. Oh and my god. As a community, we never found out what actually <laughs> triggers it, and the devs don't know. Wait, whoa, 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 wait. Please go into more details about this. Did you like talk to them? Did you ask them? So yeah, I, I like there I, I asked him and he was like, um, something's on the stove. Oh. <laughs> Blizzard was not like, willing to commit to a public it. statement of that they actually knew how it works and here's how it works. Because it probably doesn't work in any consistent way. And um, they're not like, you know. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm pretty convinced that there's no one that could tell me for sure how it works. Like, That's insane. So first um, of all, when you said it, like, I, I was like, oh, I know what that card is. Um, because I remember it, it was very iconic. Because like, uh, the pieces by themselves, like, kind of suck when it comes mm -hmm. to treasures, right? So you're making like a commitment. Uh, to do it and then when you're talking about oh like i don't know whether or not it goes in your deck i'm like he must be talking about something else because like what i know as in my previous knowledge was those two pieces combined to be that like awesome sword i was like you know that can't be right i didn't know about the secret interaction where if you beat someone it sometimes went into your deck um just another thing about like the learning curve yeah curve, right i'm like what and this isn't like written anywhere either oh man that's rough but yeah, so, and there are other bugs that are weird. What's nice is sometimes those bugs would go into standard. Um, <laughs> and then they would get fixed. And then they would get, yeah. 
right? Like, you would see these people complaining about bugs in Standard. It's like, yeah, I've been dealing with that for, like, the last two months. And it's been super annoying. Like, um, like there is this treasure that when a minion loses Divine Shield, it buffs the card. Mm-hmm. And there was a card that kind of did that yeah. in Standard. Yep. So, but what would happen is when the minion evolved or transformed or was sent into the deck or was sent into the hand, it would count as losing the shield and it would Mm. buff the minion that's left behind or the minion in the hand now. So, Mm. yeah. Okay, so there's a bunch of spaghetti code involved. Yeah, there's a lot of spaghetti code in duels. If they fixed all the spaghetti code... They needed to give it attention, and I don't think it'll ever get that much attention because of how complicated the code is Mm. to do the treasures. And how much is that breaking duels right now? Like, if they fixed all the spaghetti code, do you think it'll be, like, a a game mode that'll attract people? Or it'll just be better, like, significantly, but... It would, like, they would have to, like, fix everything and do, like, a relaunch of it or something. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because, like, people aren't going to organically go back to it. Right, right. Like uh, like an event, right, where they, like, you know, give rewards for people to try out duels. So, I am curious what they're going to do with duels, because um, it seems like it will take. I mean, it's duels, right? Like it's going to take effort to to not just upkeep, but to add new content to it, um, and which is what they told promised to do. Uh, but it has a, a rather low uh, player base, and the spaghetti code. I don't think they really want to handle. Yeah, I mean, so I think it actually, I think it has a similar player base to Arena. But it also requires a lot more upkeep, whereas Arena has zero upkeep. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally zero upkeep. Yep. <laughs> it is true. The, the problem with Arena, like, the Arena versus Duels is, like, we said it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Duels, if they just spent some time updating it, it wouldn't be nearly enough. Yep. Like, it, it, it requires a full team kind of a deep analysis of the meta, a deep understanding of how these changes will affect everything else. Um, there's just, like, so many levers that when they pull even one lever, uh, it, like, can really screw up things, right? And But, like, yeah. you know, it, it makes, like, shockwaves throughout. Because, like, there's so much overpowered stuff. Like, duels, by definition, is just kind of OP shit versus OP shit. But you want to try to, like, balance out all of the OP shit to make sure the experience is still pretty enjoyable, right? It's people fairly and equally slinging out op stuff but that's the problem it's like you can't man. do that that's the whole developmental like i think people have in the last like two three years and blizzard was a little behind the ball on this um i mean not blizzard just the hearthstone team um but people like developers have realized this before that like the five years before that there was this big push from everybody that's like one don't nerf just buff oh my god i freaking hated that statement um but also just that if everything's op nothing's op but that's not how games work and it's definitely not how turn-based games work because turn games base the turn-based games run effectively on math and logic so when things get op there are consequences like this is not like even if you can hide it a bit in a game like overwatch it still has consequences that are just kind of living with but in a turn-based game it gets it changes how you want the game to be played in very fundamental ways. And duels was 
kind of just leaning really hard into it, right? Like pretending it was Overwatch. So you got these overpowered stuff and they were, there's a lot of, not like exactly solitaire, but like towards the end game, it was a lot of solitaire moments uh, in, in duels because that's what happens when you have super OP stuff. Um, and, and you don't want it to be completely randomly decided. Uh, you're seeing some of it happen in Battlegrounds now um, and like more so than before. And you see it happen in Constructed. Like, when you make things more OP, there are consequences. And Blizzard was willing to live with the consequences, but that's what those consequences are. I don't think... I think Blizzard could have paid a lot of attention to it, but like we said in the beginning, it was never going to be balanced. And that was not even, like, a hope. They could just make it run the way it's supposed to run, but that would still be an unbalanced game. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else you wanna you wanna talk about, PJ? Like, we've we've kind of gone backwards into from from Mercs back into duels, and you have a lot of arena experience. Like, where do you see all the pieces kind of like fitting in, either for you personally or or Blizzard overall? Um, I don't know, but well, you did. <laughs> I remember before the show, you did want me to mention why I left Arena in the first place. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could share that, too. So, um, honestly, what I love about Arena was that the decks felt different every time. And one thing, in order to balance Arena, they basically, like, take out the class cards, which are my favorite cards to play with. Um, yeah. So, like, my favorite metas in Arena are when, like, there's, like, only three classes you can play. But, like you get a lot of their class cards. And it was like, I was okay with that. I was okay playing only three classes. Um, and I would have fun with that. So I understand my experience isn't different, but like, I like mm -hmm. I didn't care what the three classes were. Right, right. That I could play like, and have fun with. Right. So you left arenas for duels because Blizzard was balancing arena too much. And in duels, you found a game mode that Blizzard could not ever hope to balance. So it was it was a perfect fit. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't like hitting yetis into each other. I like, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, maybe like Conjurer's Calling is a little bit too much, but I love doing stuff like, I loved Blast Wave in against Violet Worm. Oh God. So I mean, that was that was the meta I got number one with Blast Wave into. In, after a violet worm into leyline manipulator mm -hmm. I mean, that, that was that was my favorite yeah so you like a lot of very complicated stuff so what do you think what, do you see mercs going in in not like in that direction but do you think mercs has that complexity that rivals that of uh let's call it the the most uh, class card and complicated saturation in arena point and or duels just kind of generally in the late later you know parts of the run i don't think it quite reaches that but i will say as the meta develops there there is a lot of complexity to it mm -hmm. the the concern for me is that they won't change the meta enough if they're too scared to make balance changes and they and the heroes they release aren't impactful enough cuz like the heroes they release um, like the five heroes they added won't change the meta really much at all. Right, I thought the fish made it uh, made it into the meta. It made it, but like, it's you don't even it. it, it it's like it allows the... for a little bit 
variation in some starter comps, but like it, it's not in the top comps. Okay, so it's it's being experimented with, but it's not very impactful. And even in the decks that's being experimented in with, it's like one of the least important cards in those. Yeah, like basically you're only playing it so that your minions will survive turn one to Samuro. Mm. Is the only reason why Cookie's being ran. You don't run Cookie otherwise. Okay. I thought it was, uh, like, one of the things I was looking for when Blizzard uh, launched these, uh, the uh, not the expansion, when Blizzard added the pirates uh, so quickly into the game is just how much of a shakeup it'll have in the top meta, right? Like, that's a, that's a good bar to, to, to look at it. And I thought that was a, it was a pretty good result where you added five things into it, and at least so far, it's made a tiny bit of impact, but it hasn't fully, like, just upended everything. Because if everything you release upends everything else, then what you're effectively doing is power creeping. And this was, if, if probably not even power creeping, and just adding a little bit of diversity. Um, but I do think it, it is going to be hard for Blizzard to shake up the meta without power creeping, because power creeping is the easiest way to shake up the meta. So you're either going to end up power creeping in order to shake up the meta or we're going to end up actually doing like significant nerfs and or buffs to shake up the meta which i feel like i think blizzard's gonna lean as little as possible on that route because it takes so much for people to grind up these heroes and they have to buy these heroes it just makes it um it, it they'll get a lot of very annoyed customers if they do it too frequently um too much unless they're just going to start refunding people whenever they do one of these which uh, which they probably have to. Like, honestly, even if they're doing minor tweaks to stuff, if a hero stops being meta and you just grinded 15 hours of that hero and pay 10 bucks, like, you're not going to be happy. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe that's in the, in the future. But I, I am curious how Blizzard's going to keep things balanced while shaking it up in a game mode that requires so much commitment of, of time and or money. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, like I said, like Diablo, Karen, Samuro, like those, I mean, and also just like Vol'jin, like Vol'jin's going to be a big part. Like you nerf the other stuff, Vol'jin will just be insane. Anduin, like the only reason Anduin and Vol'jin aren't dominating is because Samaru exists, like Samaru and Diablo and Karen exist. Mm -hmm. Like nothing else can kill them. The, the green, green is pretty weak, I would say overall, other than those two. So that that's part of why blue is so strong. Hmm. I, I do I do feel that even running my orc comps, which is like half green, half red. Like the red ones aren't great, but they're better than the green ones. Yeah. And as I've explored uh more into into uh comps that use more casters, I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> there's something like there's just something fundamentally wrong with Mercs in how they do uh, casters versus uh, um, uh, versus just like actual attacking. Like they yeah, need the, it's it's like attacking is so weak compared to these spells. Like why would I want to damage myself while doing damage when I can just do it for? And free? it gets taunted. Like on top of damaging yourself, it also gets taunted. I feel like the, the the normal damage that's going from uh from like either arrows or like spells just needs to be weaker and they're not really weaker. Yeah. Like if they're weaker they're like 10% weaker or something that's not meaningful enough. I mean half the time it's stronger. 
Yes, you can make, like, when you combo, you can make it stronger. I mean, you can combo the attacks to be stronger, too. But, the, yeah, there's just not, uh, uh, there's something fundamental in the design process where they just went with this, and they need to change it one way or the other at some point. Or else they're going to just keep having the same problem no matter what they do. I agree. But, like, again, like, with all of these issues with mercenaries, the thing I always say is, like, I'm still having fun playing it. Mm -hmm. And it's not a finished product. Yep. 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 All right. So, PJ. Fall Guys. Oh, the important game. The important game. Yep. We had a lot of fun, first of all, with Fall Guys. We played a lot of it. Um, It's kind of just a shame, right? We were talking about this before, where... We played so much at the beginning, and you look at the game now, and you're like, wow, there's so much good game variety, they do so many cool updates. All we did was grind Fall Mountain, we, we grinded, uh, like, I remember when Jump Showdown first came out, we were like, whoa, Jump Showdown. <laughs> Dude, those were so fun, like, the duels between you and me at the end of the Jump Showdown. Oh, the cracks? The Having cracks. to dodge the crack bug, which I don't know if they fixed or not. I don't even think that ever happened to me because I was always standing in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The corner. the corner is your spot. But, I, I mean, I think that's a good example of one of those games that, uh, you know, we all play a lot of games. We all kind of like Hearthstone Arena, but for uh, some of these kind of like side games, you know, like you like Mercenaries. It's not my cup of tea. Um, I like Diablo 2. I understand that's not your cup of tea. Uh, but then we also have Fall Guys. And, man, it is just so fun. And I- I've said this before, guys. If you have not played Fall Guys recently, you should check it out. Because it's a good time. They do tons of updates. Uh, they do wacky things with the game modes. It's yeah. a game that, like, uh, I think I will keep playing sometimes, you know. And, uh, PJ, I- I, like, I think you have fun playing it, too, right? Well, it's also one in which, like... It's... I have fun playing with you guys, yeah. Right, yeah. It's, yeah I, you it's need a group of people. Yeah, like, yeah. you definitely need to, like, when Merp says, like, go back into the game, he means, like, grab a bunch of your friends and be like, hey, Thursday night, let's play an hour of Fall Guys and check it out again. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you have someone like Dreads who is just, like, shit-talking the entire time uh, playing and in a very frustrating fashion, it, it, it amplifies the, quote, fun. <laughs> um, but... I, I think that is just a good example of just a game in which, you know, we're obviously trying, but, but you know, it's not like PJ uh, feverishly gunning for that number one uh, spot in the Americas. You hit pretty <laughs> you know? hard at the beginning. You really you wanted to get those five crowns in a row. I, well, I well, did but, until I recognized yeah. it was a sham. Yeah, and then I had no motivation, and people were like, "Well, you could still get it." I'm like, "No, no, no, no." Even if I got it, I'd be sharing it with yep. people who got it through the sham. That is, I can't believe this quitting. Like, how how did they not account for this? You quit when you are about to lose, and you don't lose. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. So I, I lost all motivation for that. Mm-hmm. I think we were all pretty motivated, and then yeah. at least for well, me, well, we were pretty motivated, and that this is a ridiculously hard. Happen. Yeah, exactly. It was so absurd to win five crowns in a row. But yeah, we all wanted it, right? And we would we had this thing where you would like give the wins to the the people who were on a streak, so that someone like you know you up the odds a little uh, in it. But one thing that they did really well in Fall Guys, and you can tell the development team is on top of stuff, 
is that uh, equity wins are just built into the game now. I thought that was amazing. Not because I like equity wins, but because it was a problem. And it's not like, like, it's not like a huge problem, you know? Like, it's not like everybody was out there clamoring for it. But no, while... everyone was not clamoring for it, okay? <laughs> but while... Only you. The, clearly not only me, clearly also the developers, all right? Unless one of the developers is a huge fan of our stream and watch my frustrations playing with Murphs. Um, but clearly they recognize that this is how the team aspect of the game should be developed. Like, this is, like, people in a room doing this. Um, it, it's it's it, when, when you don't have the clamoring and these great design decisions get made, like, you can tell that these developers, like, it's, it's not a, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's not a, um, like a random thing that they ended up developing like Fall Guys. Play the game yeah. Yeah, and they know what fun is, and they know what, like, fun with friends is, and that's how the whole entire thing is kind of built. So they, they have that recognition within their, like, core development group that one of the things that they push through, and they have a huge backup of stuff they need to do in that game because it, you know, it got so big so quickly. And one of the things that they managed to do is something that people were really not clamoring for, but it really eases out the experience of the game. Yeah. Um... And, you know, kind of tying this to what we're seeing at Hearthstone right now, it is definitely something which I'm hoping someone within Team 5 is playing Arena right now, and it's just like, wow, this really sucks. <laughs> like, this experience just really, really sucks. Because um, let's face it, it does. Like, this is one in which it's not... It, look, I, I will be the first person to say, do I think the Arena community sometimes cons complains about things? that I don't think need to be complained about. Yes, mm -hmm. Death Knights being Sometimes, one of them. Sometimes, all the time. <laughs> they complain so much. They do. They do. It's nauseating. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like... But, um, but PJ, you actually like OP unbalanced things. So that's it's yeah. coming from the perspective I, of... I'm convinced that half the arena community just wants to bump yetis into each other until the end of time. Those are my people, PJ. Those <laughs> no, are my no, people. No, it, it, the problem is that's what they say they want. Yes. That's what they say. Yes. They and then when it actually happens, they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, ew, this is boring. Or they're like, oh, this is neutral stone now, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's that ugly word, yeah, neutral I stone. Neutral stone. I, I love neutral stone. stone. I know. Well, see, you're the person in which, like, uh, you know, you're advocating for Yetis bumping into Yetis. I'm like, you know, that's actually exactly what Adapto wants. Um, the rest of the community, though, you, you see them and yeah. be like, oh, neutral stone, what is this? <laughs> uh, and it's like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. But Adulta is actually here being like, well, yes, neutral stone. Yeah. yeah, hells yeah, let's go. It's so funny how like we both love Arena and we both love completely different aspects of Arena. <laughs> That's what's great about it. That's why it's, it's a pure limited game mode. There's a reason pure limited game modes exist in every single like card game. It's because it's easy to set up and it captures so much. And in pretty much every single card game besides Hearthstone. Um, the the limited versions of it are more popular after like two, three years of the game and it being in existence than the constructed version. The only reason Hearthstone... draft for more than three cards for that, I feel like. Maybe, but I think it's really just because for Hearthstone, the developers were very clear about not giving you know any significant attention to Arena while continuously developing the constructed side. Um, it, it really, it has an effect on it, but the you capture a much larger percentage of the competitive player base with uh, with uh, with limited formats than constructive formats. 
like constructive formats capture a, a wider range of casuals, I think. Um, because it's just it's what you would think of in a card game. But the limited format, it's just something so um it's something so basic but but simple. Like it's it's elegant. That's the word I'm looking for. It is very elegant. Like I think that's a good word to describe it. It is elegant. Because simple is kind of condescending. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean uh, I, but... I view it as a positive, but yeah. Right. Elegant. Right. It's very elegant. There you go. Um so so yes, uh, that's kind of why I want to bring up uh, Fall Guys. I I I think it was uh, interesting in that um, it really does seem like they kind of uh, really responded to what the community mm-hmm. wanted. Um, and now, like if you go back to Fall Guys, I'm like, oh wow, this is like a lot of what people wanted in not not just like more levels, but like in the modes. Um, and they seem to have kind of like a good connection with the community. Um, and I'm hoping, because I did see a tweet from Cora this past week saying that they are aware how problematic Deep Run into Sneeds is, um, and they are, at least they're aware of it, and she communicated mm-hmm. in a tweet that, you know, they are aware of it, um, and of course, look, uh, don't, don't go, like, tweeting at Cora because she is, I'm sure, not the ultimate decision maker. But she's this. also not on the team that decides the stuff. Yes, like, she, she is not. On the creative side, this is, is not... There a, is there a team that oh. works on <laughs> Okay, she's not even on the team that works on balancing stuff. Not, m- m- That's <laughs> very true. So she's, like, so far from that team. But what she's saying is that just, like, this is a known issue, right? And it's, like... I would it, guess that they just get rid of Sneeds in Arena. I, I think I, that's the only way they can do it that makes sense because otherwise they have to get rid of it very specifically from the pool of a deep run engineer, which, which they, feels like they've a very shown specific. They're not willing to do. Yeah, that feels like a very specific thing to do. But in yeah. like at, at that point, they should probably also remove like Yasera from the because Yasera's yeah like it's the same issue. Maybe someone suggested this on HS uh, not HS, on uh, Arena HS subreddit, and I was like, ooh, this is kind of a drastic decision, but I'm like actually really for it. Which is to remove all legendaries from discover pools. In- I saw that, and um, I'm because, I, I, or if they can, what you really want them to do is to weigh it by rarity, right? Not actually yeah. fully get rid of it, but if that's too hard, just getting rid of legendaries, I think is a great step, and it's it's not perfectly elegant of a solution, but it's more elegant than something like, oh, we are going to ban cards individually, right? Yeah. Um, we I have, think, yeah, we have different philosophy. Yeah, so I PJ, tell, tell class, us your thoughts if, on that. Well, if you have more class cards, you can deal with stuff like Ysera. The issue with Ysera is you don't have tools. I mean, well, part of Ysera is you get so much gas. But yeah. um, if you have more class cards, you can actually deal with win more cards. Um, Ysera, Ysera might be a little bit... Uh, <laughs> I was like, Ysera's not really a win more card. So much value. <laughs> But, like, in general, like, the idea of getting rid of legendaries, like, there's no, no, so just, much just in the discover pool. In the discover pool, still, that's a lot of fun. I don't know. Like, <laughs> just give people access to removal and then we can play the game. I don't, like, you can't remove stuff because you don't have access to the removal that often, which is part of my why I have troubles playing as much arena. Like yeah. I have like forty. You, you, you know what the best this. removal is? Chowin Yeti. Yeah. The delayed the, conditional. Mm-hmm. 
That's called skill right there. The the super delayed, super conditional removal, as in <laughs> it's delayed by a turn and it totally t it's like did they put down a taunt? Did they freeze it? Did they do all of this stuff? So yes, it is removal with a huge asterisk, which is the way you like things. That's called uh, interaction and ability to respond. All elements, fundamental elements of skill in a strategy game. Yes, indeed. Uh, you have to anticipate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like I like my swings. That you do. Uh, but all right, so PJ. First of all, congrats on uh, uh, congrats once again on your success. But if you guys think that's like, oh, you know, PJ, uh, it's like, man, how is he so good at mercenaries? I mean, he's just been doing this for like uh, basically everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, like everything doors. he tries. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is just, I say this in the nicest way, PJ. He is just a, a, a true no-life grinder, just like with a lot of the other top players. You kind of have to. Like, you know, you, you, you got to think about this game a lot. Uh, in a deep way, you got to play a lot, right? Um, so, you know, people like you, people like, uh, who's someone else that comes to mind? Collins, right? Collins is someone else Collins who, does it. like, you um, know, he was number one mercenaries on EU, I believe. Um, you know, he he's a beast at Battlegrounds. He w was a beast and still, I'm sure, is a beast at Arena as well. So um, I think you guys are very similar in that way. You guys are both no-life grinders uh, who think about the game a lot, are just good at games in general. Um, so it's nice to have you guys on the podcast kind of pick your brain and for you especially to try to just break down this game mode that is so different from everything that we have seen. Um, it's just a completely different thing. And I think it is just very interesting for me to watch because with BGs, I inherently understood what made it successful and what it takes to kind of succeed there. And for here, I mean, also the fact that I didn't play as much as I played BGs, um, it's just kind of a different language for me. It's just kind of weird. Um, it, it's almost as if, like, Blizzard, I mean, no, but, like, it's almost as if they made, like, a first-person shooter, and I'm just here, like, oh, like, uh, okay, like, what, what makes <laughs> first this First-person shooter, Hearthstone edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I guess Overwatch 2, right? So Overwatch 3. Yeah, over, Overwatch 3, when you have... Diablo, uh, you know, coming in as Diablo as... shooting Kerrigan. <laughs> yeah, Diablo shooting Kerrigan with, uh, I, like by that time, I, uh, yeah, who knows what other characters they'll have? Like, they'll that have would Leroy be charging awesome. In. Okay, imagine playing Overwatch and there's a Diablo and you can be Kerrigan. Like, that is amazing. All right. This is yeah. like some like Heroes of the Storm, but like in a game that they've already tried and tested in the formula, yeah. not a not it's, a new it's one. It's basically first person Heroes of the Storm, except like not it like you know not that format, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, uh, this has been pretty cool. PJ, is there anything else you want to chat about before we uh, let you go? Um, I don't have anything off the top of my mind, no. All right. Oh, I have a really technical question I want to squeeze in before uh, before oh, we end okay. this. What do you think the ratings are going to cap out at by the end of the month? So I asked this from a purely cheapskate kind of mentality. If, if you guys know, like the PvP rewards for mercenaries, it goes up to 1.2k as a rating. Once you have 1.2k for the season, which ends at the end of the month, they've already confirmed, you, you get like five packs and a bajillion coins. Like that's, that's a good pot. And I know no one's there yet. 
but like do you, do you have a sense of how fast like ratings are inflating and like whether like is that going to be just like the top 10 by the end of the month or would it be like I, the top I, thousand I or so no i don't know the inflation is not happening that quickly yeah like, i was at i was at 10 point like a week ago i was at like 10.5k and i was queuing and i was, or two weeks ago um and i was queuing constantly and like I wasn't picking other people's ratings up with me. Like, the gap was still there. It, there is inflation, it feels, but it's not that much. Like, I feel like a lot of the inflation is just coming from the people that played against bots and eventually showed up or something. Um, it doesn't feel like there's that much inflation. I'm not, I'm not convinced that many people will be able to hit um, 12,000. Okay, well, that so is my I, goal I for the month. So, so okay. PJ, I'm going to be spamming you that a lot in Discord. as well. So. <laughs> I'm going building up my PvP team, and I'm going to... I don't care where I rank on the top whatever. Like, I just want to get the, the loot. Yeah, I, I have no idea where we're going to cap out. Because the rating is not inflating as fast as a game like BG's, where it's like... Mm -hmm. every two weeks the leaderboard goes up a thousand <laughs> yeah like at least i thought that's what it was going to be like but i've been tracking yeah, it too, too and i'm like yeah it's kind of just it's there not happening. <laughs> yeah all right all right so pj it's that time uh pimp out your uh your stream your, your socials tell us how do we find you when to watch you all that good stuff so you Watch me basically right now on my channel, twitch.tv slash Team America. Um, I haven't been making Mercenaries content yet really on YouTube, but I'm planning to very soon once I figure out what I'm going to do with it, which is Team America HS, as well as my Twitter's Team America HS. Um, and then from those, you can find my Discord, which I will, I post my mercenary comps we have a duels community there if you are into that so mercenaries or duels join the discord um my mods make sure people are friendly there so or else <laughs> or or else i will kick them so um yeah all right well pj i'm happy to have you on uh we will obviously be playing a lot more Fall Guys together, but I'm happy yeah. for your success, and uh, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to finally be on. <laughs> a lot of fun. Anytime. All right. Well, uh, that's it for us today. Until uh, next week, uh, this is Adwikta. This is Merp. See you guys. Goodbye. <laughs> Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA.
Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.